Oh, so we have an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we can do that. Well, sometimes you get long-winded, so I just wanted to put down a marker. Wait, 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 wait. I get long-winded? I think it's you that... No, that uh-huh. sounds right. I'm the one that gets long-winded. Okay. You are the jade to my silent bob. in West Virginia. I am your host, Luke Hersey. My co-host tonight is Mike Mallow. Hi, Mike. How you doing? I am the host of Co. I'm the host Co. The co-host. The host Co? The host host Co. Co. It's like Banana Co. Yes, Banana Co. We did do a Radiohead episode not too long ago. It's a callback. We didn't mention Banana Co, though. No, we did not. And that was a great song. After that episode, I was thinking of several things that I was like, oh, man, I wish I had mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. There was was a lot of that going on. But, you know, if if we wanted to keep our listeners' interest, we couldn't have gotten too deep into Radiohead. I mean, the the people that didn't already know about Radiohead thought that the episode was interesting. And I feel like we would have lost that if, if we had gotten too deep. We added a lot of history in there. Um, for instance, Greg, he was like, I don't know much about Radiohead, but I know a lot more than I did before. <laughs> I never got to mention my favorite thing, which is the um, the mashup between OK Computer and, and Rainbows that makes the secret album. Yeah, I really like that. You know what's one of my favorite, though, that's not in, that wasn't in our list? Uh, song and video Radiohead did with DJ Shadow, which is Rabbit in Your Headlights. Oh, yeah. I remember you man. talking about that back oh, in the day. Well, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge DJ Shadow fan, too. So Right. Exactly. You, you're more into the Electronica type stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you, you would think that I, I, I would love the direction that Radiohead went in, but I like to keep my things separate. You know, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. I'd rather have my chocolate and my peanut butter oh, yeah. and not the two mixed. And I wasn't really considering Electronica. It's it's a little more mopey than what Electronica is. Hence yeah. that great that great line from uh, the Lego movie, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was, I'm sorry, that's like the best line in the whole, I get Radiohead now. So I would have also accepted The Cure. Yeah, that would have been better, I think. Because, yeah. you know, not all Radiohead is mopey. but um, No, it's really not. I mean, a lot of people think that that's the direction that Radiohead's gone in. But let's not go down that rabbit hole. Let's talk about Geek Outs. All right. We're in danger of doing a second Radiohead episode, so that yeah. works for me. All right, Geek Out. Are, are you go- you ha- you don't have one, do you? Oh, I do. I do. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to just let you go f- first. All right. Well, I do have one. Okay. And, I, and actually, I, I had a lot of candidates this week. Okay. And so what I'm going to go with is um, I've been working on this book trailer for months on and off. Uh, for HeartSpark, which mm-hmm. you know was not heavy advertiser early in the podcast. But I um, I've keep switching between programs of what I what I want to use. Like I keep changing styles, and so the last thing I landed on was um, I've, I've been starting to make part of the video in Blender. Okay. And yeah, I, Blender is a good, robust program. It is, and I hadn't used a 3D software program since probably 2001 or two when we were so, using uh, what in in. Computer class. I honestly can't remember. But oh, I remember, man. I remember I really worked hard to figure out how to use I, it. I want to say true space. Is that right? That, that does sound right, actually. Okay. I that, think that, yeah. that feels right. So I, I, I've basically taught myself how to use Blender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I, I love picking up a program and learning to use it, like, without any kind of instruction. Um, m- most of most Adobe products I have learned that way, just picking up and using it. And the on the flip side, it's very frustrating when I can't learn it. Like mm. Adobe Adobe Illustrator is a good um, example of that. I, that 
Adobe Illustrator can just go straight to a place where I don't want to talk about. That's right. It, it, it confounds me. Every every other program in Adobe, I've had no problem picking up and learning. Yeah. Which nowadays they do it as a subscription service, so it's a little more palatable to um, you know buy the entire package and use it. Right now, I actually have the entire Adobe suite um, on my computer, mm. uh, which is probably why I have no memory on my computer. <laughs> but yeah. but I'm, I'm actually as as we're speaking I'm actually in uh, uh, Adobe Premiere right now cutting the video. <clears throat> All right. So that's my geek out. I, I just I, I love learning new programs and Blender is a fun new program that I'm learning. I have a geek out today. Um, so I've actually had this down for a while and um, it felt very appropriate for today. Um, it's actually the Witcher series, and I'm not just talking about the game like Witcher, Witcher 1, 2, or 3. Um, right. The 3 is amazing. Um, it's one of those games that you can put down and then pick up like six months later because it's just such a episodic story. Um, but also the books, I really, really like the books too. And I like that it got so much of a, uh, uh, exposure and I really like that Netflix is actually going off of the books for their own Netflix series. Um, the, the guy that played Superman in, uh, Batman and Superman or Batman versus Superman, uh, Cavill. Cavill, yeah. Yeah, he – I had my doubts when they first announced it. In fact, I was actually um, rooting for Gerald Butcher. Um, but uh, I, I, the initial – I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I mean, I, I think that the, the potential is there. He's done some amazing work as an actor. Um, I He seems to get into kind of an acting rut – um, he seems to, you know, stay in his own comfort zone. However, I think that there's a potential for him to really grow as an actor. And I think the potential's there. Huh. Very so, cool. Um, I do have uh, quick news, but, um, what I think we should do is go ahead and, uh, start into the episode, quick news, and then get back to Ooh, the episode. How does that like sound? Okay. So. Um, tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, that was my attempt at a drum roll. That was terrible. Video yeah, it really was. I mean, uh, uh, we won't talk about my issues. Um, we are talking about video game soundtracks and the most epic video game soundtracks that we, um, personally hold as some of the best in the whole industry. Now, this doesn't include, um, some video games that actually do have really good soundtracks, but that we haven't necessarily played. For instance, um, I haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, and I hear that that is an amazing soundtrack. Also, Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> haven't played that, don't have a PlayStation, and I hear that is a great soundtrack. We're also not including ones that have licensed music. Um, for instance, I'm not going to include the Grand Theft Auto games, most notably Vice City, because Vice City had an amazing soundtrack. It just fit so perfectly. Um, so, you know, we're go more going for uh, soundtracks that um, were specifically made for those games. Now, some of these games did eventually release um, the, their soundtracks uh, as an actual album release, and you can buy these soundtracks, but um, the game came first. So, anyway. Um, Mike, are you ready? I am ready. I'm excited. Do you want to do yours first, or do you want to do mine first? No, you, I'm, fi I'm fine either way. No, you, you set the pace. Okay, I'll set the pace. All right, so guys, what we're going to do um, to make this I, episode more interesting, I'm not going to include an, uh, a commercial. Holy crap. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I'm going to sample each one of these items in the actual episode. So then you guys can hear what we're talking about. Um, just for a legal side, um, you know, it makes it much easier illegally, uh, for you to, if you include something that's copyrighted, um, if you're collecting money on it, it makes it much more difficult to get the, uh, get those rights or to make it fair use. But if you are not collecting money on it, i.e. a commercial, 
then it's a there's a then then it's more easier to explain fair use. So somebody consulted a lawyer. Um, uh, you know, it's it's more like the Reddit section um podcast, and there's several lawyers that actually are on there. Um, so uh, I I can spot you the dollar fifty this episode would have made if it makes you feel better. That's true, and actually, that's a little bit on the bigger side than what most of my episodes do. So, anyway, you guys, if you listeners, if you like this episode and you want to support the podcast, usually just listening to it helps support the podcast. But we are not doing advertising, so if you want to donate to the podcast, please feel free. We would love um, your patronage. Okay, so um first song okay so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play a little snippet um since uh since this is this is uh my list i'm gonna play it and then you can tell me exactly what song this is or what game this is how's that how's that sound does that does that sound fun mike yeah well i'm purposely not looking at your list so i don't I don't know what's coming up, so I can yeah, even and I've got the list the in front of I've got the list in front of me. So even when we get to your list, we'll still do the same thing. <laughs> Does that sound yeah. okay? Okay, uh, that's fine with me. All right, all right. First song. That sounds like Mario Kart. It's not Mario Kart. <laughs> what 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 was that? I know you know it. I mean, it sounds familiar. It's definitely a Nintendo game. No, it's not. It's, it's not? not? Oh, no. Gee. So I get for not looking first. It's Katamari. Oh, okay. I haven't played that game in, oh, geez, 12, 13 years. Oh, man, that game. That game. You know what? Just playing the game to listen to the soundtrack is even mm-hmm. worth it. Oh, um, I, I just love the intro, the da 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 Is that out on Switch? Um it is out on Switch, yes. Um you can get it on Switch. It's the PlayStation 3 one, I think it was. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean I played I've played the demo probably like twenty times um to listen to the soundtrack um and it's uh, i love i love it in i love that game but the soundtrack just goes so well with it mm-hmm. um uh, go, go ahead qu- quick aside i um i discovered it was on there um <laughs> like 20 minutes after i bought final fantasy 9 mm-hmm. so i didn't i didn't want to go buying two different games oh, <laughs> and, and i and i would have bought katamari if i'd known it was there instead yeah. Now they the Katamari, Namco really did their diligence on this game. They knew that they had something good, but they wanted something that was going to push it even further. And I mean, me and Mike uh, are definitely advocates for how uh, soundtrack a you know the 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 music and the the sound effects and everything can extremely. Um, uh, bring that game to another plateau. Who was the guy that? Uh, d- um, I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, Mess You know, I'm not even going to try because I'll yeah. probably probably just, insult a couple people. Just embarrass yourself. Uh, yeah, might as well just not even try. So anyway, I mean, I it's uh, great. It's a great, great soundtrack. It, it's it's worth just listening or just playing the game just because of that. It's also got the soundtrack, the original soundtrack, um, in the mobile version game of Katamari. I don't know if you've played that. I haven't. Um, the the game is okay, but the soundtrack is in there, so it makes it a hundred times better. So and that's a game you really you have to play it on full volume because it's just it's just missing so much. Um, okay, here is the next one. Are you ready? Sounds like corn. <laughs> You're not too far. It's actually Doom. Um, that makes sense. It, it, it's the, uh, the the that that snippet was actually from the uh, what is it 2016 uh, remake of Doom. Um, that makes sense. Bethesda so- Softworks and man, mm-hmm. they that that they took it, the original 
um, riff from the original game and just made it into a, a heavy metal game or a heavy metal soundtrack. And it is, it just fits so well. Are you sure that wasn't corn? They may not be doing anything these days. I don't think it was. No, <laughs> you might be right. They aren't doing anything these days. We may have to investigate that later. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, and it's and it's not just the it's not just the soundtrack. It's also the sounds of the guns, the 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 demons, the the overworld sounds, and everything. It just it all meshes so well. You mean you really feel like one the Doom guy fighting off the 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 demons of hell. Uh, but also the the music just gets you gets you gets you pumped. Gets you wired. You know. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's such a good it's it 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 fits so well and you'll find that as a common theme in this in this entire list is games that just go well or soundtracks that just go well with their respective games all right mike here's the next one ready i'm ready what do you that, think that'd be a ocarina of time i believe oh it's an ocarina of time yeah, got that one. And see, th this is the reason why a lot of these soundtracks, you don't hear, like, you hear all the time on the radio, you know, uh, 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 a guitar riff or something from a song, from a notable song, and, and then they do the whole name that tune on, on the radio and everything. There's a reason why they don't do video games. I don't know about you, Mike, but I hear, like, even two seconds of a game that I've played and I know instantly where it came from. <laughs> I, I have the problem a lot where, because it's such a background thing that you're like, Oh, I know this, but I don't know what it's from just because I've had so many games like that. See, no, see, I, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. Like to this day, when I hear stone temple pilots, I think of the super Nintendo version of Castlevania because right before I started playing Castlevania on emulator, um, you had given me a greatest hits, a stone temple pilots CD. So I listened to it over and over and over on loop while I was playing the game. So anyway, I tell you what, the, the, everything uh, or every bit of music that's in Ocarina of Time is just so iconic. I mean, to this day, okay, what's your favorite um, Ocarina song in that game? I think the uh, Eponia one, although I, I probably need to refresh my memory on a lot of them. I think there might be one of the, uh, the dirges later in the, um, when you're going through the dungeons, but I, I can't remember right offhand which one is my favorite. But uh, the the one that immediately comes to mind is the Aponia one. The do 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 do. Yeah, that's a Zelda's lullaby. Oh, was it? Damn it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I love that song. But my favorite Ocarina song is actually the Song of Storms. That may be the one. Do 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 do. Yeah, that is the one. And oh, I just. My, when I was originally starting to make um, a song for this podcast series, though um, uh, Mike Stewart uh, made a song for the series much better than what I was coming up with. But my <laughs> original stuff was actually based off of Song of Storms. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's a great. It was. You know, it was. Uh, I was using a uh, um, the Fruity Loops program and was making a guitar riff. Uh, oh. Yeah, I get uh, off of uh, Song, of, uh, Song of Storms. Well, that'd been all right too, though. Yeah, it would have been really cool. Um, but I mean, again, the stuff that Mike does uh, is infinitely better. All right, Mike, are you ready for the next one? I'm ready. All right. Huh. What do you? What think? could that be? What could that be? Maybe our favorite uh, game ever. I, I think that was uh, Nubo Numetsu doing uh, the soundtrack to Final Fantasy VII. Wow! Yes, <laughs> yeah, that was Final Fantasy VII. I'm not going to forget that. Um, th that was the first soundtrack. I I can't say that. That was the first soundtrack I ever bought. 
but uh, I actually bought it as an import because the, the, you know this was like late nineties and it wasn't available in the U S. So yeah. I actually bought it uh, from Japan because I love the soundtrack so much to it. Oh man, that, I mean that. I mean, Final Fantasy has always had like really really good soundtracks. They've they they have always you know cultivated that side of the market but i feel like final fantasy 7 they just they got everything right and i think that's one of the reasons why they went to a cd system was so that they could actually get mm. a better audio quality out of them the, the the soundtracks that they spent so much time on you know and the funny thing is they still did that in the midi format though yeah they did they really did uh, um I mean, that was the f- first one that really felt cinematic to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shoot, they go from cartridge to disc, and they 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 do a three disc system. I mean, they were like, "Let's do everything." Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's the next one, and you probably won't know this one, but you can take a guess. All right. There was one you had on your list, and I was like, "I don't know that game." And I'm guessing it's probably going to be that one. I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, Witcher 3? Witcher 3. Okay, it wasn't that one. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, Witcher 3. Man, the, the everything uh, about that soundtrack. The, so they contracted out artists to make their soundtrack. And huh. it just... It's 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 got such a a Celtic feel, um, it, or at least a, a you know a, a European feel anyway, and it, it's very you know dark and gritty, and it just meshes so well with the game. Um, and then they had done that with with previous games too, but they just got that game that game, not just the game, but also the soundtrack so right. All right, uh, here's the next one. Let's go. I believe that is a Skyrim. That is a Skyrim. You, you, you put it in a very uh, weird place, though. Oh, man. Well, you know, I was trying Dovahkiin, to... Dovahkiin, Dovahkiin, Dovahkiin. I don't know how that goes, but uh, that build up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that... Uh, have you... There are several artists out there that, you know, have redone that, you know, several indie artists mm-hmm. and that the the whole not only is the background music like really really good, but even the bard bards and the taverns mm-hmm. are really really good. Um they just they really really pulled out all the stops as far as, you know, making that you know the the sound excellent, and that, I think that's one of the things that really drove Skyrim home, um, because I mean, there there's not too many um, too many things that are greatly dissimilar from uh, Oblivion to Skyrim, um, but the improvement of the models, the improvement of some of the uh, um, the the physics engine, but even more notably to me anyway, the um in, the bettering of the sound in the um background music, they really did their diligence on. Yep, that's that's one of my favorites. I didn't include it on my list, but uh, yeah, that just that opening number of of um, the the theme is is just on point. Yeah. All right, you probably won't know this next one. This is probably the one I'm thinking. Yep. Bastion. Bastion. I, I don't even know the game, to be honest with you. Bastion was uh, created by an indie developer, and um, the soundtrack shortly after was actually released because it, it was just so good. I mean, the... The game was really good, but the soundtrack made the game better. There's few times um, that I actually have on the list where if you had taken the soundtrack completely out, the game would be almost be like, I'm not going to say not playable, but it would be a completely different experience. In not, what, not enjoyable. Not, I mean, I, mean I, I hate to say it, but you know the the soundtrack for Bastion was half of the game. 
um, especially the audio com commentary to that, uh, the guy that does the audio commentary. Um, so the, 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 he just, it just fills out the story so well. And, and that's, that's one that, you know, is, is absolutely necessary. All right, here's the next one. All right. Through the locks, roll and go. It's a sea shanty. It's a sea shanty. Black flag, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And mm. I tell you what, I actually probably had more fun just sailing around listening to the sea shanties. <laughs> Than I did the the actual game. I mean, the game's not bad. In fact, it's one of the best Assassin's Creeds in the entire series. <laughs> Black Flag in the sea shanties. It was in anybody that plays that played Black Flag knows that's one of the best things in the entire game. Mm. That, that's going to be my similar story to uh, Bioshock Infinite when we get to it. Okay. Okay. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I understand that completely. Yeah. All right, here's the next one. Oh, yeah. I'd actually forgotten about this one. Oh, man. I didn't. That's true. I didn't include the the uh, the Halo, um, the opening music, because that one playing when we were playing Blood Gulch. Do you remember me, you, and Aaron playing Blood Gulch like every single night over? Oh, yeah. Oh man, I was yeah. I was a newlywed at the time, so it was kind of a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And this was right before, <laughs> it, right before we had Ella too. Yeah, it was it was a fun bad idea, but it was a a bad idea. Yeah. No, I, I that game, um, we a, not a lot of people know this, but so internet play for Halo One wasn't enabled. Um, you could do uh, the local co op. Um, or or local multiplayer where you had the two Xboxes connected to each other. Yeah. But there was no internet. That didn't come until Halo 2. However, with Halo 1 on PC, it had internet play. And me, Mike, and Aaron, Aaron Duty, you remember listening to him? Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Um, he was... Uh, we, we would play uh, Halo on the internet like i'm gonna say at least four times a week for what was it like four five six months yeah that sounds about right it was a it was a it was a great game it was a great soundtrack um everything uh every little like sound effect was really good i mean you had the uh the the sound of the grenades going off was just on point um the assault rifle you know the you know because that it was a you know super high yep. powerful weapon and uh even the even the little uh, uh the little teeny aliens the their little like <laughs> the grunts oh, no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the 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 sound of that the sound of that game was just really it it that yep. the whole game was really good. I know. To be honest with you, that's one I've kind of forgotten about over the years. Mm -hmm. And like now, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have included it on my best of list. No, that was Cincinnati. So never mind. Yeah, yeah. No, we we can actually. Uh, I was thinking that you know maybe next December we could include a uh, um a two thousands list because it'll be the end of the 2000s um that's true yeah that's gonna be an easy list for me because i haven't played as many games this century as i did the last mm. okay in fact most of my songs are actually i have one game that's on my list tonight that was over um was, was made after 2000 yeah this century <clears throat> anyways but I, i'm more interested in your list right now so next next so um i may not have this would have been one that i was like oh what is this except that i was when i was doing research for my own uh list i came across it so this is mario 64 mario 64 man uh 
they the Mario games are always like super iconic. And yep. when they came out with Mario 64, like all of the uh, Mario's beforehand, you know, kind of like related back to each other and they were very close. Um, Mar- Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3, Super Mario Mario World. Yep. They were all very similar. Um, they maybe threw a couple new songs in there, but Mario 64 like totally threw out the book and came out with all <laughs> new songs and they were great. It's funny cuz I'm I'm going to have a counterpoint to that on my list. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I know it's good. I like it. It's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is the end of my list. Oh, really? Um, that was already 10. Yeah, that was already 10. Now, oh, wow. I, we are going to have a uh, uh, honorable mentions section at the end. Uh, Absolutely. But before we start on your list, let's go ahead and do uh, quick news. Quickly. 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 Okay. You're already too late. Mm, okay. Um, let's start with... Okay. Uh, so Mike, did you hear the news about, uh, Microsoft and Xbox, uh, what their recent announcement was? You always throw the weird one at me. Yeah. That, that, I, that I don't know, but no, I, I don't know that one. Okay. So Microsoft, um, allegedly is going to be putting, um, the game pass on switch. Huh? Huh. I think I did hear that. Yeah. Now, the, a lot of the details aren't figured out, but the most plausible one um, is that um, the Game Pass, the, the and if you're not familiar with the Game Pass, um, there is a, um, you know older library of Xbox games that uh, one can, uh, I think it's 15 or $20 a month, and you can download these games and play them as much as you want. Um, for the small fee of like the $15 or whatever. And um, for how it works with Xbox is you download the games to your system and then you play them. Um, apparently for how Switch is going to work, it's a different engine, different code. So it's, that's not really going to work. Um, apparently it's going to be the streaming version of the Game Pass. So yeah, I mean, if it works... Hey, great. If it doesn't, no skin off my back. But, Absolutely. But this does open up the conversation of what else are they going to do? What else is Nintendo and Microsoft going to do together? The one oh. thing I think I would really like to see is, okay, Nintendo, I really like you, but you suck at online. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Nintendo sucks on online, and I think that the communication probably started when they were like, okay, we don't know what we're doing. Microsoft, you obviously have online figured out. One, can you help us? Or two, and this is what I'm actually hoping, even though it's going to be more expensive, what if Microsoft starts handling their online subscription with an Xbox Live subscription? For sixty dollars, I was thinking that. <clears throat> I, 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 truthfully, if my Switch games, if if like say Smash Brothers, though Smash Brothers does run pretty good. I mean, I'm I play Alex a, a lot. Um, you played me a bit. Yeah, and, and and it's not bad. Sometimes it's a little shaky, but it's not bad. But it does not run as good as the Xbox. Um, yep. So. If there's a meshing of that, maybe even seeing your friend's online presence, you know, from his Xbox on your Switch, saying, "Hey, buddy, you know, get up on get up on your Switch, so then we can uh, play Smash Brothers." Or, "Hey, buddy, get on your Xbox, so we can play Halo 5. That's That'd be all right. cool. I, I, yeah. and I mean, the the whole Fortnite conversation started with. Um, you know, Microsoft making a, a jab at uh, at PlayStation, saying Sur- survive together, and I think that Xbox and Microsoft is trying to win the next console war before it even starts. That's a pretty w- good way to go about it. It is. It really. So is. I understand that. Yeah, that's that's. A, I commend the strategy. Yeah, I commend the strategy too. Okay, next topic. 
So, Mike, are you going to buy a foldable smartphone? Nope. Me neither. Why is that, Mike? Because Apple isn't making it. Actually, Apple is going to be coming out with one. Uh, they've already said that they're working on something kind, kind of similar to what Samsung's doing. Um, where Samsung, it's it's a it's a uh, much slimmer bar, and you open it up, and it's like a uh, um, a mini tablet. Um, and it's, it, it's it's kind of a cool idea. But the the thing is, is guess how much that's going to be? Price wise? Yeah. A lot. Two thousand dollars. Well, that sounds about right. I mean, that's where it's going. You can basically get a MacBook Pro for that much now. Exactly. And this is my argument. And they Our already fold. Smartphones too expensive, and in fact, so expensive, are they inevitably going to fail even before they start? I mean, that's the same thing that happened with the VR market. They they just they outprice themselves, and they're they're dying as a market. I think because you know all cell phones have always started out expensive and then they've kind of come down in price or they they've given you options on how to finance it. I mean, just look at uh, the uh, the uh, XR. Um, yeah, the Apple XR. It's uh, and then the, in fact, I mean, it's just a it's it's just a re, it's a revision model of the X. And it, I mean, a lot of people I've talked to say it works just as good as the X. <laughs> that, that 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 is my next phone though. Oh yeah, or hopefully. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to get for Cassie. Um, I was showing her the different models, and, and I showed her the X and the X uh, XS and everything, and then I showed mm-hmm. her the XR, and she's like, "What's the difference?" And I'm like, "Nothing. There's no difference." The price. <laughs> and, and and I was like, "Truthfully, let's go with the, the 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 reversion model, and then just max out your storage space." And she's like, "That sounds like an awesome idea." Yeah, exactly. Because you, it, it's like. Uh, that's like a good six hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. It's basically that's the same stuff, and you can pick out a lot more different colors. Now there is one foldable smartphone that I don't. Uh, I'm gonna say that I kind of like, and I wouldn't mind having, but I don't want it for the price. It's gonna be fifteen hundred, and that's the Lenovo model or the Lenovo Motorola Razer uh, Four. Uh, okay. Now, if you remember, the Razer was a smaller phone. Uh, People like that one. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, and now, when you unfold it, it's the size of a you know regular smartphone device. But when you fold uh, fold it down, it is a much smaller device, one that can actually fit in your pocket quite comfortably. Right. Um, so I I'm gonna say that if if it drops in price, I, I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna adopt it. But at fifteen hundred dollars, it's just too expensive. I don't have to take out. I don't. Okay, I don't want to take out another mortgage on my my house. I understand that. <sighs> yeah. All right. Arm and a leg. Yeah, arm and a leg. So, um, if you guys have heard, um, Alita: Battle Angel was a great movie. I loved it. Um, I've been talking about it on Twitter quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I think it. I th- James Cameron and um, Rodriguez made a fantastic film. Um, I wish it had gotten more exposure. Um, however, did you hear, Mike? Um, I know you spent a lot of time on Box Office Mojo. Did you hear, Mike, that even though it made only $60 million domestic and made $200 million foreign? As you know, I'm a big box office numbers nerd. Yeah. So in order to make your budget or your money back on a movie, you actually have to make three times your budget because the studios will take a, a portion of it. The theaters will take a portion of it. And then you, you have almost as much as the production budget put into advertising. Mm-hmm. So my rule of thumb is you, you have to make at least three times uh, your budget to be profitable. And so in order for Alita to do that based on that metric, it would need to make 500, five million dollars that's now that's, now that said and i got i got it open right now right now it's at 287 million mm-hmm. i don't i don't think they put that much money into the marketing so they, they may be able to come in less than that now i mean they did the same thing with avatar though they they spent a lot of money on Avatar, but mm-hmm. they built they they made that market. They made they they. It's not going to cost as much making a sequel for this movie because they still have all of the assets. They still have all of the the sets and everything like that. 
So, right. I mean, yeah. It's going to be a failure in the same way that Justice League was a failure, where it makes a butt ton of money, but they still have a huge budget to deal with. Not as no, that budget's not as nearly as big as what you know Justice League was, but yeah, 170 million is nothing to sneeze at either. No, no, I mean, in I tell you what, Rod- Rodriguez, I feel like he there's some places where he could have like skimped a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. and I think he went a little crazy, but I mean, I fully enjoyed that movie. And Bella loved that movie. She was like, "Oh my god, I want the next one." She, uh, uh, so- she, <laughs> oh man, she she thought that that movie was great. I still would have liked to have seen James Cameron's direct take on it because mm-hmm. because I don't I don't care about these avatars. I mean, I, I like the first one and I've told the story before, but you know, back in the early two thousands, he was thinking about doing this or, uh, and I think he called it project 88 at the time, which turned out to be avatar. Mm-hmm. And of course that's the one he went with. And I was actually disappointed about it, but also I was like, Hey, it's James Cameron. So I'm going to watch this movie and you know, avatar wasn't bad, but I still would have rather seen this instead. Wh- which of the two movies, which would you prefer? I mean, should, I mean, are, are are you really asking my opinion as far as like which one I enjoyed more? Yeah, I'm not gonna hold it against you. Okay, I'm sorry, but Alita was better. Okay, in my well, in my opinion, Alita was better. But you know, I, I just I okay, this might be unpopular, but Avatar was way too long. There just wasn't enough content there. They made a mountain out of a molehill. They're just, I don't need to watch the blue alien dance of the wolves for three hours. I don't. Well, well, you're, you're proving my point right now, which is I, I still rather he would have made Alita instead of Avatar. Uh, but, you know, you, you get what you get. But I'm not just talking to you. I'm also talking to our listeners, too. Yeah. So, but. But, but you are justifying my point. So I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. I really wish you would have gone to see it because it is amazing moving. I still have a chance. Go see it. I don't know. Go see it. I'm I'm trying. (laughs) I want to see it in 3D though. And there's few theaters in this neighborhood that do 3D. I didn't see it in 3D and I loved it. Oh, here's a a good example. I want the avatar experience. (laughs) Here's a good example. All right. Cassie went with us. Cassie thought she was going to hate it. Cassie actually liked it didn't love it you know because it's an anime type yeah. of concept but she was like that was actually not bad at all that i actually enjoyed that i thought i was gonna hate it so she was satisfied and that was the important thing here here's the here's the better thing though it tell it told a much better feminine story than almost any other movie i've seen it, oh, that's cool. It, it it Alita is such a strong, vulnerable character. The the nuances uh, uh, you know, that they they present in this movie is just so good. And uh, I'm sorry, but w- when I go and I watch a movie and there's a strong female character, sometimes I watch it and I'm like, that really doesn't seem like any girl I've ever known in my entire life. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Alita mm-hmm. actually seemed like a real vulnerable, strong woman. You know what I mean? I got you. All right, we're getting back to the list. Um, this is Mike's list, um, not I'm top ten, but ten. Are, are we going in order of what I had though? Uh, are you are you, are you, are you going to yeah. play the music? Yes. All right. Yeah, I'm going to play the music. So. All right. So, so, so I know which one you're on. Cool. All right, let's hit it. <laughs> that one yeah i'm sorry when i hear that that one i think of specifically final fantasy 6 that's why i did the the one for final fantasy 7 back back mm-hmm. a little bit ago because i was like that one the, there's a lot of meshing between you know the the soundtracks that the final fantasies use but that one specifically plays at a pivotal time in both final fantasy 7 and also of what we just heard from Final Fantasy VI. That's right. And, and so for my list, I actually put six and seven as one entry. For one thing, I knew Luke was going to pick seven. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I was obviously going to pick seven as well. But in the in the last year or so, I've had a new appreciation for six, which I never played as a kid. Um, I like I played it on the the uh, anthology version for PlayStation in college, and then I played it recently on the uh, Super NES Classic. And the that the music of that game tells a greater story, I think, than maybe seven. And one of my favorite things about it is after you beat the game, like everybody has their own theme song. Mm-hmm. And, and as, and at the end of their escape and, you know, the, the place where they did the final boss fight and it's about them basically it cuts to each of them and kind of tells what they had learned throughout the game. And the, this, this, the ending theme plays this melody that cuts in and out of their different themes as it goes to each one's story. And, and that just sticks with me. I mean, it, it's it's incredible soundtrack, just just incredible. I, I would love to have that on CD now too. To go with my uh, Japanese Final Fantasy VII CD. I mean, so back when Final Fantasy first came out, there the the, the they had hit a wall on graphics. They had hit a wall on a lot of stuff, um, and that they were limited on their ability for music. And I feel like they made the best that they could and it is it 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 conveys an emotion within 16 bits and that's no small feat exactly and that's the other impressive thing about it is uh the cartridge limitations of it um you know how much greater could it have been if it wasn't a 16-bit cartridge well have been in final fantasy 7 Exactly. And Final <laughs> Fantasy VII is, is kind of the answer to that. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the score from that's just amazing, too. Um, I used to, like, to get in the mood to do any kind of, like, creative pr- thing, I would play the Final Fantasy VII uh, world map theme. Yeah. Because um, yeah, what's what's funny that you're talking about that? Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm playing through Final Fantasy 15 right now, and oh, when yeah? you're in the car, you can you know select a soundtrack, mm-hmm. and I have the Final Fantasy 7 High Wind soundtrack selected for when <laughs> I get in my car. Nice, <laughs> uh, very cool. Great game, by the way. Moving on. me jazzed up right now oh yeah i know i'm sorry but there there when when i was younger there was a couple times when i actually started a new game of super metroid just to hear the beginning yeah <laughs> it was so good uh, i love the ending theme music and uh the uh, criteria like song that's got the horns like they're like do 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 it's it just sets such a mood and it, it's not even like a like dread mood it's it's just it's like nothing i've ever heard in a video game soundtrack and, and the whole soundtrack is just incredible throughout um i i still get moved to it by this day to, to this day I mean, one of the things that I really like about that soundtrack, because you're talking about the horns in in the foreground, mm-hmm. um, that the, the, they they were such a kind of an upbeat to the downbeat that it was playing uh, on the background. The the actual like majority of the music, and it was exactly, almost, and it was almost you know like a representation of the, the entire game because it is a dark game, but yet she's out there. She's that one trumpet that's trying to turn it around. That's a good way to put it. I like that. And yeah, that's why I can never classify that music because it's, it's so upbeat when the whole rest of the game is not. And that's yeah. the only, that's the only part of the game where the music is upbeat. Yeah. All right. Uh... Oh yeah. That's it. I remember when I was a kid, I got this game for my birthday and I loved that song, that particular song, so much. I uh, when, when I beat the game because you get a longer version at the at the end. Mm-hmm. I uh, put a boombox up to it and recorded on a cassette. <laughs> I totally believe that because you're also the same guy that would put the VHS tape and record the ending of like, we'll say, Final Fantasy VIII. So then you mm-hmm. would never have to play through the whole game again to exactly. watch the ending. Oh my goodness. Uh, don't change, Mike. Don't yeah, change. But, but yeah, that 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 Capcom was probably the best NES uh, soundtrack maker. 
And and Mega Man Two is the pinnacle of the music that they've produced for games. I disagree with you. Um, there's another game in our honorable mention section that, truthfully, when I think of Capcom's pinnacle, I think of this other game. I've I've got one of those in my honorable mentions too, and it's actually it, yours. It's your okay. Yours. Oh, okay, you're talking about mine, and and actually the because I, 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 I try to avoid doing franchises uh-huh. because there, there's a lot of franchises that have like the, every game's got good music in it, but Mega Man two, like the other Mega Man games don't strike me the same way. Like Mega Man threes is actually kind of disappointing, I think. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I really like four because four had a really good soundtrack too. That's kind of all my point on that. that that's one of the best video game, the eight bit soundtracks hands down. Next one. Oh man, uh, that is uh, Star Fox, and th- that that first level music just jacks you up so much to play that game. I know, um, and it just like the, like, it just as that song is playing, you just feel like you're you're you are Star Fox. It just it makes you feel like you're going down through the field. And this is like okay, you've got this invading force, but you got it taken care of, and you you've got it you've got it fixed, and everything. It's just, yep. and it's not just that opening one. Like all all the game music is good. There's one planet you like when you take the hard path to get to the end. Yeah. There's one planet. I think it's called Fiorina or something like that. It starts with an F. And I hated that level, but I love the music so much. I would play it just to hear that music. All right, Mike. Um, we got a big one next. Yep. So this one is Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. And I, I tried hard not to, like I said, to include a, a pick one game out of a franchise. Mm-hmm. And I went with this one because to me, this is the one where the music really hit its stride. And a lot of the elements from this game music is carried over into future Zeldas. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it, there's, there's so many, um, there's so many sounds within the whole game. Even, even the ones where you're like in one of the houses or the, uh, the shops mm-hmm. that's still present in, even in breath of the wild. I, I think the village music too, um, carries over yeah. through almost all of them. And uh, in, in addition to this, um, friend of the podcast, uh, Jason Smith, uh, he, he found out I was doing this uh, list and he immediately jumped in and said, Link to the Past. And to the point where he had me record a little... Luke, I've got a fresh take for you for the best soundtrack on a video game ever. And that is very simply Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. That is the only soundtrack when I was a little kid playing that my parents walked by my room, stopped what they were doing and popped their heads and says, I do not know what you're playing, but that is gorgeous music that is coming out of your room right now. And I just, I, I kind of remember thinking, wow, that's kind of different right there. And to this day, I, it's that game that you put in and no matter what part of the game you're at, whatever city you're at, wherever uh, dungeon you're at, the music immediately sets the mood of exactly how you're supposed to feel at that moment. And I still remember feeling a sense of dread when you finally make it to the final part of that game and go into the pyram- fall down that pyramid. Yes, yes. Oh, it freaked me out. So, so that is my two cents on uh, the best video game music ever. Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. I love me my Super Nintendo. Bye. So yeah, um, that's one of my favorites. Um, that's that's one I could listen to constantly, and and another great uh, ending theme. I agree. I very much agree. Um, even the uh, soundtrack that you have playing at the beginning intro, yeah, really good too. And, and oh, got man. replicated on Scott Pilgrim. All right, next one. There again. Mario Brothers 3. There there is a lot of good Mario music. And I think this is the one that really tried to switch it up. You know, because you Especially especially the overworld. And that's the thing. Each overworld has its own music. And and that alone I think is what 
really made me enjoy it. Um, and and each one fits fits the theme of that world. I agree. I agree. Especially especially World Two. World Two was just very um, extremely Egyptian. Yeah. Well, you even got the uh, the Water World's got kind of a Jamaican flair to it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, you got I can't think of the giant world, but you know, the Ice World's got that kind of chilly kind of sound to it. And then the you know Bowser's yeah. world is very ominous. So this is all good. And that the one of the first things I remember about it is the uh, you know, like in the second level of the original Mario Brothers, you go you know underground, and it's got mm-hmm. that do 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 you know thing to it. And, the, do, 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 the thing do, do. I absolutely loved is that Mario Three basically remixed that to I must give it more of a hip hop flair, and at the time that's when hip hop was kind of emerging. So it was really <laughs> it was really fun to hear like a, a remix of an old song, and I think it's one of the first games to kind of do it that way. All right, next one. <laughs> yeah, this is my dark horse. <laughs> So this is Harvest Moon, specifically Back to Nature for the PlayStation. Hey, that is one that was made after 2000. I stand corrected. Um, mm-hmm. So the game is broken down by season, and you know each season kind of has its own theme. And I, that's one of the things I think the Harvest Moon series as a whole is very good at, is just encapsulating the feel of a season into a, a, a song that repeats for you know a, a whole month, basically, out of the game. And you, you never really get tired of it. Um, so I, I wanted to give it a shout out because to, to not get annoying, uh, is an impressive feat. All right. Ready? Next one. I'm ready. You know, it's funny. I, I've started listening to, uh, the vault boys podcast, a, a third friend of the show. We had got a lot of friends of the show shouting out tonight. Uh-huh. Um, they, they, they talked about Bioshock uh, recently and, and that was how they introed the, uh, episode was with that song. Mm-hmm. So Bioshock infinite, um, the, the song, the songs to that are amazing. And I, I kind of debated this one because there is licensed music in it. You know, that being an example of it. Yeah. But, but the way it's told through the story is super unique to just that game. Mm-hmm. And I've decided the soundtrack itself aside from the licensed music is also really good. So uh, it, it was still worth a spot in this list. But uh, you know, like you said about how you, you played that one game just to sit and listen to the songs of the uh, black flag. Uh, when you first get to Columbia in this game, uh, there's a, a barbershop quartet singing God only knows on a airship. And of course this is like 1905, you know, a good 60, 70 years before the song ever came out mm-hmm. and i it's just so beautifully arranged that i i will sit there and listen to the whole song before i move on to the rest of the game <laughs> all right oh yeah you know this one uh-huh yeah so donkey kong donkey kong country donkey kong country so this is the other soundtrack that i owned and i guess this would technically be the first one that i owned Nintendo Power, when this game came out, sent um, sent me a free cassette tape with the soundtrack on it, and I just devoured the thing because, and I didn't own the game at the time. Uh, it, it was probably like another year before I actually owned it, but I just devoured that soundtrack. Uh, I just loved everything about it. The, it's got a nice jungle rhythm to it. The, it's got a lot of mood shifts to it, also. Yeah. So, and I remember, I don't think it was a song one that I didn't like. Yeah, I mean the 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 sound just added so much to that game. I mean the the a- atmosphere in the backgrounds they looked really really good, but the the sound just it filled out the space of the game. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready for the next one? All right, this is my last one, I believe. It is, and I'm I I, I was very surprised that you put this on here. This was a wild card. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I, don't, okay. I don't know if that was the fair song to put on there because that, that that probably is technically licensed music. I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with the game, so I was like trying to take a sound clip, and I was like, I don't know where this, where this should be at all. So I yeah. just kind of. 
I debated this one, but uh, the the ending uh, music to this one is another um, one that I recorded and so I could listen to. Um, so, but anyways, this is uh, Tasmania, which uh, was based on a uh, car- Saturday morning cartoon. I can't remember what channel it was on. Oh, yeah. And I, I watched that show a lot. I liked that yeah. show. So the, the game's kind of funny, though. It's basically he's... It's, 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 um, National knock on wood day. It's Taz. And he's basically running down this road. And the goal is to just eat as many kiwis as you can in the time limit, the kiwi birds. And uh, and that's the game. Which is weird to say. <laughs> yeah, I think they were just kind of showing off the, the, the Mode 7 um, in a very unique way because the most mode seven games at the time were flying games and this is like Taz the Tasmanian devil running down the road eating kiwi birds. And it was it was weird, but it, it had a great soundtrack to it. Um yeah. and, so, and so I I, I weighed this one, but I decided to put it on the list just just to have something different because I didn't want to put basically my top twenty games from the other episode onto this list. Yeah, yeah I understand. I, I feel like I did pretty good with it. Yeah. All right. So we are past our lists. Now we're including our honorable mentions, ones that just we have to mention, but they didn't make the list per se. Yes. Um, this first one is, in my opinion, when I'm thinking of Capcom greatness <laughs> on NES soundtracks, this is the one that I specifically think of every single time. <laughs> Yeah, I love that song. Um, the reason I didn't include it on my list, other than I didn't want to put another one of my best games on my list, is that that song is incredible. But then you know, some of the later songs kind of slog a little bit. Like they they're, they're very eight bitty. Um, and that is true. That is true. So so that was my only reason for not including it on my list. Um, I but, can but understand that that first level song is incredible though. Um, this next one. Uh is it it's really good but the remake is better much much better ducktales and i i had this on my list originally and i took it off um because i i went back and i listened through most of the soundtrack and i didn't like it as much as i remembered liking it mm. and i and this is really weird but i've never liked the moon theme <laughs> And, and and it's literally because my first ever existential crisis came because of that song. That song triggered an existential crisis. Whew, I can't pronounce that. Existent. Exactly. Can I? Neither can I. <laughs> yep. So so I have like some some sour memories of that song for that reason. But it's a good song. Yeah. But, but uh, and the, the whole game's got good music, and that's a, that's another Capcom one. So yeah. There you go. Uh, Here's another one, and um, the soundtrack. Even guys that weren't video gamers know that soundtrack. Like that is that is an one not only an epic game but an epic soundtrack. And I actually put down the Contra franchise because um, the the music for Contra Three is also very good. Yeah, yeah um, it really the, the, it's just good across the board from game to game. So I, I just said the Contra franchise just to cover all the bases there. Now, this next one, I'm sorry, but we can't have a video game list without at least mentioning it. It was a game where the soundtrack, the sound was centered around the entire game. And I'm not talking about Guitar Hero. That is dumb. <laughs> talk about ro- rock band but i am going to talk about this one roll the footage yeah. i knew that's exactly what you're going to play too yeah mm. man oh and you know what almost everybody that had a playstation played at least the demo of that i, I did uh that's how i know it <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I, I had just the demo of it for a long time, and then I uh, I I rented it and played it all in a weekend. And to tell you the truth, to tell you the truth, the demo is the only good good level. <laughs> okay, good to know. I, I I did not enjoy the rest of the game. It was not fun. the the first The first couple levels was fun. 
So, all right. All right. Here's my last one. This one actually has, I'm not going to say licensed music because the music was actually contracted to, to, for the, for the game. Um, however, this, the, the music for this is a whole album from it, this artist specifically, I'm talking about rebel galaxy. And if you've never okay. played rebel galaxy, it is a fantastic game. Um, if you've ever watched the show firefly, um, it is essentially firefly without the land side of it. It's all in the spaceship. But it is really, really good, and it's an excellent game. It's a really good play for – well, it's, it's like a 20-hour game, but it's really good. Okay. Definitely gives you that vibe. Very cowboy, very um, – I've come to the realization as I've gotten older that I'm, I'm, I don't mind all country music because I don't like country music, but I don't mind cowboy country. You know, like uh, Willie Nelson and a lot of the, uh, the a lot of the recent stuff that's you know from indie rock artists mm -hmm. that's got you know you know uh, country vibes to it, like what we just heard. Um, but getting apart from that, the 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 soundtrack, you cannot play Rebel Galaxy without playing this soundtrack on full volume <laughs> because it. It's one of those soundtracks that if you if you don't have the music, then the you're missing like half of the experience. So that makes sense. And um, and I've added a couple since just as we were talking. Um, mm -hmm. that I just want to go through real quick. Um, so I mentioned Metroid, and I, I decided that I enjoy all of the Metroid, the original Metroid's music. Uh, for a while, I was just going on about the uh, ending theme because uh, the ending theme to that's one of my favorite ending themes of all time. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's one I like to mention. Of course, the, you know all the Mario and Zelda games. You know they're all great. And then uh, you mentioned Zero Dawn earlier, which I had not thought about. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, that is a good soundtrack. And finally, um, Goldeneye. Oh man. Which technically that's based off the Goldeneye soundtrack, so it, it's kind yeah. of automatically but an honorable mention. Yeah, and, and you know it is licensed music, but yes, that is an honorable mention, and th that that really was a fantastic soundtrack. Um, and they added a lot to it. There was a lot of stuff, a lot of um, stuff that wasn't in like the the movie or whatever, and mm -hmm. everything just meshed very well. So exactly, yeah. All right, we got there. We got there. Um, this this was a this was a lot of fun to do. This is a lot of fun for the research portion, uh, find the music and everything. Um, I'm glad that I was able to bring that to you guys, and um, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, this has been Random Geek Culture in West Virginia, RGCWV. Um, if you like this, go ahead and uh, tell us that you liked it. Um, you can tell us at our email address. Uh, that's random wvgeek at gmail.com again that's random wvgeek at gmail.com um you could also hit up us up on twitter facebook or instagram uh we've got presence on that as well you could also call us and uh text us or leave a voicemail to 304-566-9777 again that's 304-566-9777 mike yes Welcome to the end. Welcome to the end.